0: Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 103 of Starting the Conversation. I am your host, Alice Benham, here with this week's co-host, Ellie. Hello. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited for this conversation. Me too. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be great.
0: Yeah. I feel like 2020 is just the year of talking about money
1: i hope it is the year of talking about money because it's about time that we do come on
0: female business owners lead the way yes i love
1: it yeah and i think there's so much space for females to own the space of money as well and feel empowered about it feel great feel strong so good so so good before we get into though yes the empowerment
0: and the the actually good stuff yeah let's faff about with a bit of high low okay what would you say is your what do you want to start with high or low kick us off um let's start with high go on go for it (sighs) do you want me to start with mine yeah (laughs) Um, i was like waiting for you to say something i was like give me more Alice don't you love it I think I've got I do it so much that I just think of course other people know the drill here and then I'm like no it's a different co-host every week so you actually have to like help them understand things Um, my high low this week are actually linked okay so I'll do mine yeah and then, and then they, I'll like, do mine and will give you a bit of time to think about yours to clarify they don't have to be deep mine this week are quite deep but Ooh. often mine are related to food Okay. Having a bad Caesar salad, having a great donut, like, usually that's the level that I'm at. But my high-low is based around the fact that it's launch week, as we're recording this. It is. The retreat went live three days ago.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. What day is it?
0: Wednesday. <laughs> Crazy. This week has been so long already. <laughs> Literally got to a friend's house last night, and I was like, it feels like Friday night. And they were like, it's not. It's, it's not Tuesday yet. Tuesday night. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, yeah, my high would be that it's been launched, Yeah. Which is always... Very exciting and terrifying, yeah. but also very exciting. Uh, and I think it's gone well. There's seven tickets gone so far out of ten, which I think is... It's great. ...a good place yeah. to be in. We're a couple of tickets away from the point where it definitely happens. Got So you. as soon as we're there, I'll be chilling. Okay. Because I'll be like, yeah, I'm definitely hosting it. I can get excited about it. But I think until I get to that number... I'm being tentative with myself, yeah, but very excited too. So that would be my high, and then my low would just be the other side of launching, which is okay. The stress, the slight anticlimactic experience.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: You know, you hit live, and then it's just you, you just wait, sat with your emails in your pajamas. Fresh. But yeah, it's been good. It's just been launches are always. High and low in both ways. And there's a lot of business changes going on at the moment for me as well, which kind of tie in with the launch. So it just was like a lot of change. And I don't think my business has really done much changing
1: for a while. Okay. So it's a bit of a transformational period. Yeah,
0: a bit of transition, like about to go limited, VAT registered, launching some new things, which kind of step into the next phase of the business. So it's all very exciting and good. It's just feeling the weight of that, I think. alongside launching has been a lot.
1: Yeah, which is totally understandable.
0: Yeah, it's okay. It's not a low to do anything about. It's just a low to acknowledge. Yeah, we need
1: to do that more, I think, as well, as just, like, own the lows and sit Mm. in them.
0: And just be like, it's all right. Yeah. Everything's good, but I do feel this feeling. Yes, I feel you. What would be your high low of the week, the day, the month?
1: So my high I think um would be the fact that actually one of the goals I set myself for this year yep. was well for this quarter was um that I wanted to do three podcasts go on, on in, in the first quarter so we're obviously now in the last month of Q1 Yeah, and this is my third mate you're smashing so it so that is my high so that's really exciting what were the other two Lucy's and yes Lucy's and then I did one called Millennial Money Mindset oh, um, I've
0: heard of that one
1: yeah it, it was good it was kind of a lot more of the nitty gritty about money and so yeah they all just appeared within a couple of weeks of each other so that is one tick in the box that's so
0: good um which and you've made those great. opportunities happen
1: yeah wow. by just like, talking about money yeah and it seems like people are starting to engage more and to get a bit more open and interested so that's really encouraging mm. but my low is also tied to it in the sense that i have only got well it it's the 4th of March. Oh my
0: gosh, how is it the
1: 4th of March? I I swear January was about two years long. It was and then February has literally disappeared. But it means that we're in the last month of the quarter and I'm actually away for the last bit of this month, which means that to get the rest of my goals done, I'm feeling quite a lot of pressure. But I'm, I'm starting to accept the fact that I might not make all of them, which feels a bit of a low because I feel a bit defeatist about it but equally I have done what I can and if they carry on into the next quarter then great but I've it's something that I've found this year by setting quarterly goals focuses me a lot more and means that I've got something to keep going back to and staying on track with yes
0: yeah because yearly goals whilst fantastic can almost be so big both yeah. in terms of their far away and they're often quite big goals. That It's quite hard to chip away at them.
1: Yeah, especially at the start of the year as well, when mm. you're like,
0: oh, well, I've got loads of months
1: until then. Yes.
0: Yeah, and the fact that I'm like, crap, it's March. I'm like, oh, okay, quarter one is ending. Yeah. I haven't really thought about that yet. So, you know what I'm going to be doing post this episode?
1: checking back in on my quarter one goals yeah. and being like,
0: how are we doing there?
1: Yeah, well, it's also a really good time, though, to be doing an episode on money because mm. we are coming up to the end of the tax year oh boy so why not just sit down everyone can sit down with their pens and their papers do all of their tax and learn all about money what (laughs) fun sure (laughs) Ali
0: I really feel that you're trying to sell that in an exciting way and I'm here for it I'm struggling keep going with that message (laughs) someone needs to do like, imagine if you came up with a concept that was like you hire out a big space, we all hang out, we maybe get like a film schedule on, Ooh. and you like do your tax return whilst you're there. So there's like batches to it.
1: Yeah, so maybe, maybe like, we could do that at the end of this year. Yeah, like a weekender. Yeah. So it's
0: like a bit, bit of a party, bit of a retreat, bit of a hangout, bit of a sleepover, but like bit every a- two hours it's like, right, 20 minutes. And here's what you do in this 20 minutes and then do by some the end, expenses yes, put in your charitable donations yeah. and then by the end you've done your tax return
1: amazing And the you, next business idea that's it
0: and then you cry about having to pay your tax return that's half the fun that's
1: all part of the fun mm-hmm.
0: i've been on a journey with my tax returns let me tell really you. yeah my first ever tax return for my business i owed I think it was about 10 grand in tax buried my head in the sand didn't have the money didn't pay it for six months Past it was due biggest nightmare ever and i feel like ever since then i've just been like crawling my way into having a positive relationship with tax and yeah. now i'm that dickhead that's like yeah 20 percent of everything is in an account and i don't even have to worry about my tax return but
1: sometimes you have to have like the really low to get to that yes. point and most of the people that are good now with money have re- have made massive errors mm. you know i was never very good with money when i was growing up at all i i wasn't particularly bad but i just bought stupid things yeah. as we all did and actually the other day i was thinking about it and i used to be so proud of how many shoes i had accumulated <laughs> and the amount of time that i wore those shoes I, I have pairs still which i bought five six years ago which have not come out of the box but it was just like the the pride of having uh, oh, another new pair, another new pair. I'm going to go and buy all those new clothes. That now I'm like, come on, Ellie. Like, you don't need to do that. Like, why yeah. did you do that? But it's hindsight, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And we've all got those stories. I don't think anyone is born good with money.
0: No. And as we're going to get into we all have very different experiences and stories that we tell ourselves around money. So now that we've like beautifully transitioned into the conversation starter, no need for a jingle. We're like straight in. We're here. Don't even have to jump between the two sections. Um, What I wanna talk about today is why it's so important to talk about money and what our relationships with money have looked like as we've probably gone from a place where we're maybe quite passive about our relationships with money to a place where probably right now particularly you, are probably very intentional around money, or I yeah. guess aware around what it looks like in your life and yeah. what your relationship with it is. Yeah, definitely an
1: awareness, I would say.
0: Yes, no one's perfect. I don't think you ever tick the box, do you? Absolutely not. Like, mastered money. Not. Never, It's no. an ongoing thing, right? Yeah. But I think what I hope is that by us opening up this conversation and almost just discussing what it looks like for us and what we think,
1: yeah. other people can begin to do the same for themselves. Definitely, and I think that's the thing. Everyone has to start somewhere, and I think For a lot of people, knowing where even to begin Mm. thinking about it is difficult in itself. So if we can just kind of help a couple of people to start thinking and asking themselves questions about why they behave like they do with money, why they have the mindset, positive or negative, Mm -hmm. that they do have with money, then that is a success, I think. It's worth it. It's worth
0: it. So starting with the question that I think I'm most interested by through the fact that for the last couple of months I've been creating a lot more content around money, I've been doing like videos on it, did last week's podcast episode that had a great response, is a question that I think I've never quite understood the answer to for myself, because I don't really feel this, but a lot of people do. So why don't we talk about money? Because for me it's always been a given, like I'm so curious about money, of course I'm going to talk about it, it's a no-brainer to me that we should talk about it. But a lot of people don't feel that way.
1: Totally. Why do we have that relationship with it? So there's a couple of reasons and I mean one big reason is cultural so in England it is part of our culture that we are quite private we keep things to ourselves Um, whereas in other countries there's lots of issues like I guess politics, sex, religion which are a lot more spoken about. Mm. Here none of those are really conversations that are really in the open sphere I guess Money in particular becomes difficult because people feel very sensitive about it and it's very personal
0: Yes, and
1: everybody has their own relationship with money and the way that you develop that relationship with money largely happens before you're aware of it happening. Mm-hmm. So you pick up your habits and it's tend- it tends to be referred to as a money story. So we all have our money stories and we tend to get those from very early age. So things that you don't notice when you're a child, like your parents saying certain things or doing certain things with money, start to form this way that you shape it and how you then go on to use it. So Mm. an example I always use is if your parents used to say money doesn't grow on trees, that is a classic kind of signpost of somebody who will then develop a scarcity mindset yeah, and will tend to hold on to money and not believe that money comes freely to them, that they can earn unlimited amounts of money and that it's in their mm. control. It tends to set in into your mind this idea that if you have it, it's going to run out and it won't be replenished. Yeah. Equally, if you've got... Um, parents who were quite big spenders and potentially spent more than they had and used credit cards a lot, then Mm. actually when you've got parents like that, then you can end up developing, I guess, a negative mindset towards money in the sense that you don't treat it with respect. Yes. And you spend it too freely and you can end up getting yourself into tricky situations with debt, for example. So basically, understanding where you have got your your story from and where your journey with money started from should give you an indication as to why you feel like you do about it. Mm. And I think, again, as well, increasingly, we're in a, in a world where everything is very visual. What things look like on the outside, people tend to believe. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the obvious one being the rise of social media and increasingly i think that people see things and a lot of things which cost a lot of money things that look like they are very wealthy lifestyles things that only people with lots of money can do Mm. and achieve and they feel rubbish about themselves and they think that they can't they can't achieve that and part of that is because the people that are doing it and kind of perpetuating this image actually don't have the money in the first place or they're funding it through different ways so this conversation about money starts to turn towards a bit of shame almost and embarrassment yeah and you then start to feel like you're the one that can't afford to do that you're the one that can't live this glamorous instagram lifestyle Mm. and so you clam up more and you don't want to talk about it similarly when your friends say oh let's go to you know this really fancy restaurant and you then assume because they're suggesting it that they can afford it a lot of people's instincts and I've definitely done this are to almost retreat and to think oh well I definitely can't bring up money with them because they'll think I'm the poor one and I don't want to think I don't want people to think that of me I want people Mm. to think that I have loads of money or that at least I'm comfortable and I think it comes back to this idea that we glamorise wealth yeah As well. Yes. Um, Rightly or wrongly, we very much put it on a pedestal. And so I think that people talking about money and admitting that they aren't in a good financial situation, that they don't have all of their shit together when it comes to money, is the opposite of that. And so it's countercultural to talk about money.
0: Yes, but it's so important to talk about it. It is. Because all those things that you've touched on in there, about kind of how much we tie money to almost our identity yeah. and to how we see ourselves are almost really important to unpick. Totally. Because what we see about our money is everything and what we see from other people when they're not talking about it is just what they're showing us. Yeah. So that idea of, you know, looking at other people's lives and looking at possessions that they have or holidays that they're going on or whatever else and judging their financial situation by that against yours which is honest and true and everything that you can see yeah it's really unhealthy
1: completely yeah and i think that's one of the biggest reasons why people are now starting to engage a bit more with the talking about money because we are in this this world where we've almost reached saturation point of this perfection and this lifestyle that is not attainable yeah and so slowly it happened with mental health first and the conversation started to open and it became so much more conducive to to people asking for help and for people just opening up to like their friends their family Mm. and I think that's where we need to get to with money and we're slowly starting to get there but you know we're all human and when you look at someone on Instagram who's living their best life you think Oh, why? Why am I not doing that? Why yeah. do I not have that much money? Like, what have they done that I haven't done, or why are they better than me? Mm. And so it's really hard, and you have to keep yourself in check in this whole comparison bubble when it comes to money, particularly. I think.
0: Yeah, and we can't avoid money. No, like money is, you know, that quote of money makes the well world go round. We'll leave that one on to <laughs> for today. But money is unavoidable in life yeah and it's something I think that the more we talk about it and the more exactly like you've touched on already we begin to understand our relationship with it the better it becomes as a tool within our lives yeah because when we bury our heads in the sand because we feel guilt or shame around it or we feel fear with it or we don't understand it we only get into a worse position but it doesn't feel like there's a taller negative in opening up the conversation and almost just giving ourselves space in whatever way feels safe for us to just begin to understand what money looks like for us and maybe what our weaknesses are with it and to know that those weaknesses are okay but off the back of that often feel better about our relationship with it or know what we can do to improve that.
1: Yeah exactly so I think what you just said there is something that I always, always remind people is that money is a tool. It is Mm -hmm. not an end goal. And I think that when you realise that and really let that sink in, it changes your perspective because money is a facilitator. So yes, people that have more money have less issues because often they can pay for the issues to go away. But it doesn't mean that people are happy with a lot of money. You can't buy that happiness. You can just relieve some of the concerns that you have or some of the worries that you have because it's true that having a lack of money can put a lot of pressure on your mental health primarily but also your relationships, just Mm. how you behave. Um, It impacts everything. It really does. Money is literally everywhere. It is and it's quite scary when you realise that that we don't talk about it more Mm. and I think one of the things that I have really realised is that, you know... It's not about everyone laying their cards on the table. You know, some people won't be ready to do that. Some people will want to start with very small steps. And like you said, it's just about each person working out where they're at now and mm-hmm. where they want to get to. Yeah. Um, and actually, I wrote something yesterday which touched on this, which is basically that I see it as two stages that you have to go through. And so there's the first stage when it comes to money, which is the actually acknowledging where you are and understanding that, like all warts and all, um, looking at your big picture and really knowing what goes in, what goes out, what you've got to pay off, who you owe, who owes you, and having an overview of your financial situation. Mm. And then once you've got that bit ready, step two is then like optimization. And it's about working out how best you can use what you have. But a lot of people haven't yet got to step one. I mean, I think a lot of people are very much head in the sand about step one because it's not comfortable, you know. No one wants to sit and look at 20, 30, 40,000 pounds of debt staring at them, but you can't make progress until you face up to where you're at now. Yeah. So let's bring this conversation into the context of business. Yes. Because obviously
0: that's what this podcast is all about. And I think when it comes to money, business is just the place where it really reaches ahead yeah. because you know almost in your personal life yes money kind of can become this thing that gives you identity and that's almost just part and parcel of having money in your personal life because the way that you use that money is to kind of grow yourself and to do things for you whereas in business the relationship that you have with money I say is but maybe actually (laughs) should be because I don't always have this the right way around very different Where in business, money is more of a tool, exactly like you said, it's something that gets you from A to B, it's something that facilitates the growth of what you're doing. Yeah. But it very quickly becomes the opposite of that and goes to a place where it feels like it's your identity. Totally. Which I think is where, similar to kind of within our personal lives, within business, money becomes something that we don't talk about because we think like, oh, because I haven't got X amount in the bank or because I've got X problem, my business is failing, I'm a bad business owner. Yeah. But... Every single person that I know that runs a business encounters problems with money, encounters times where they don't have money, has cash flow problems. Yeah, all of these. Yeah, opening up the conversation around what that looks like I think is so important because if in life as a whole money is unavoidable, in business that's even more true because it's the tool that often gets you to where you want to be.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think the thing with businesses and money is that there are certain businesses which require a lot more than others to get up and running, Mm -hmm. but no business can grow without investing money. And so I think that one of the big misconceptions, and you've probably come across this, is this idea that people just grow their businesses organically and that they're just making more and more profit month on month, and then they're sitting at home having a nice time.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I, I get it. I remember my first year or two, not the first year because that was somehow made money, I don't really know how, but like the second and third year particularly made barely any money. Yeah. And I remember looking at other people who were booked out with clients and from what I could see were financially successful and completely glamorizing their experience. And just thinking you must not worry about things, that must be really easy, you must have loads of cash. And now I'm in a place in my business where, not being arrogant, but I can maybe think, oh, people might look at my business and think, yeah, go totally. hurt. And I'm like, oh, okay, nah. I'm always putting money back in. There's still money problems. Some of that is down to things that yeah. I need to figure out. But part of growing a business is spending money, and I don't think that ever changes.
1: No, and I think that, if anything, it gets more. As each stage of your mm. business progresses then you actually spend more and more money you invest more in help in support in systems and I think that when you see all these people glamorizing business and wealth creation within their business they they on purpose probably miss out all of that so when you see people saying you know I've earned X this month, it doesn't mean that that's how much they've got in their bank account
0: yeah but we talked about it in the last episode exactly like i had a 13k month in november i cannot open my nationwide app right now and show you much of that money yeah because most of that money first of all went to like tax and vat and boring crap like that and second of all went on
1: growing the business yeah totally and i think you touched on something else there which is Obviously, the tax and the VAT, Mm. and I think that that's something which, again, people forget that. Yes, if you've got a successful business, you you have more money in the bank, but you actually then have bigger bills to pay as well, Um, and all of this comes kind of is shoved a bit under the carpet and under the table when we're talking about business and what we want it to look like and how much we want to be making and earning, and. I think one of the things that I think is really important is remembering why you do what you do when you're in business. And it's so easy to get swept up in this. Business is about making money. It's all about earning money, growing Mm -hmm. my business, selling my business. And that is not enough. Like, business is hard. Running a business is really tough. And if you're just doing it to make money, I'm not sure that that's that's conducive to a profitable or a successful business, to be honest. Mm. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that do do it. But really, it's a business is not going to make you money just because, like, you decide you want it to, you have to really believe in what you're doing. And I remember reading somewhere about, you know, you'll do what you love, and you're and the money will follow. And it sounds a bit basic but yeah. I do think there's an element of truth in that mm. that if you are really passionate about something and you love your business then well you might hate it at times but <laughs> then people will follow that and they'll sense that and then your business will start to grow yeah rather than you starting on day one and thinking I want to make some money let's start a business
0: yeah well that was exactly me like in my first year of business I wasn't doing it for money but because I didn't really understand my why and there was no kind of big picture clarity there, I just said yes to anything that was income. And what I ended up building was something which didn't bring me joy, wasn't having the impact that I wanted it to, and ultimately burnt me out. And then second time around, I was way clearer on what I wanted my business to look like and feel like, and that resulted in a good year and a bit of making practically no money, But that wasn't in vain because that kind of year of laying those foundations and being really clear on my why has led me to the business that I have now, which now does bring the money in.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so it is about that, bringing yourself back to that, I think, and Mm. knowing and trusting that, you know, it has to be a good business as well. But that if you believe in it and if you're good at it, then it will bring the money eventually. Yeah, but earning money in business is also not an overnight job, and that's another thing which we see everywhere on online. This idea that you know you can launch a business and within two months you can make a hundred grand. Yeah, it's mad. Who's no?
0: Yeah, it just it uh, yeah it baffles me every single time because my experience of business and all of my friends' experience as a business when we talk about like how our income has changed over the years. All says the same thing, which is when you're building something which is kind of truly impactful, values driven, and actually is what you want it to be, it does take time. Yeah. But ultimately, I think what you get from that is that the way you measure success isn't by the money. Like to me, money in my business is not a measure of success. No. It is a way of me sometimes understanding what's working and what isn't. But past that point, all I see it as is a tool, yeah, which has really helped me actually, because I've gone from a place where I'm like, crap, the business has made this money. Why is that not sat in my bank account? Or, oh, I need to cling on to this because it kind of gives this business some kind of validity. yeah, To a place where I'm like, actually, I measure the success of my business by the fact that it's you know, achieving that why of like, it's achieving what I want it to achieve on a qualitative level, Yes, the money is great, and of course I need the money to sustain it, but actually I just want to use that money to amplify that impact yeah. and do more of it. Exactly. Because that money isn't the way I measure that.
1: Yeah, and I think that if money is the only way that you measure success in the business, then you're probably setting yourself up for disappointment mm. and, the thing with money is that it moves money is never static so i love that idea it, of yeah. money being
0: fluid i remember when i was first introduced to it when i did a course on money mindset manif- something like that manifestation money and mindset was yeah. the title. i can't remember the order <laughs> um but it, yeah they were talking about that idea as well as in the book of profit first one of my yes. favorite books about money being fluid and moving and i was like yes like that makes sense like money does move in and out, and yeah. always giving it freedom to do that, or obviously being intentional about where it's moving and how it's moving is important too. But that's such a game-changing way of looking
1: at it because it feels way more human. It is because our lives are fluid, our mm. our day-to-day moves, and I think that when you think of money as being fluid, then you understand that if you try to hold on to it too tightly then you're fighting against its rhythm almost yeah so you're you're only going to encounter blocks when you try to hold on to it because if you let it go freely into the right directions then normally it will eventually work its way back to you
0: uh-huh. in
1: hopefully larger sums yeah it sounds really woo
0: when yeah. you say it but i know that all those things are true for me like that idea of like do good work and money comes yeah and like, Put money out in the right places and it comes back. And it almost sounds like too simple and too obvious. But as people who have experiences
1: of that being true, we can just be like, it is true. Yeah, it is true. And it's a bit different. But I always think of charity as a good example because a lot of people don't give to charity because they will make up a reason not to. But actually, one of the things about giving to charity is that you give and you also then receive, not necessarily money back, but you feel... Mm good you feel like you're helping someone you achieve a purpose through it and in a way it's like the universe making it work for you it's it if you do something good if you let go of the money if you let things work in the way that they're meant to work Mm. then you will receive the rewards and the progress eventually yes but you have to just keep that mindset and the positivity there
0: yeah and i think realize that you're in complete control with money But not control in the sense of, like, I have to keep it all and I can't let it move. Yeah. But I guess maybe control is the wrong word, but more just being intentional about it.
1: Yeah. I really like the idea of being intentional with it. I think Mm -hmm. that, like you say, it frames it a lot better because you have to use it and you you have to control it to a degree. You have to control it to the extent that you are letting it work. Yes. So you have to put it into places where it can work for you, which it's not always controlling it, it's letting go of it.
0: Yeah, but it's being intentional about how and where you're letting it go. Exactly, yeah. Because I would say for me like money mindset has been a huge thing that I've worked on over the last year or so. And it's more come from a place of realizing my business is making more money but feeling less and less in control of where that is going and not really understanding my finances. And one of the biggest kind of revelations I had was like money is always a transaction. Kind of like you said there, right, with giving to charity, like if you give money, you're giving it, but you're getting something back. Yeah. And the same as if you're getting money, if you're getting money, you're giving something to get that. So something that I've started to do with all of the money that I put out of my life and my business and all the money that I take in is understand what the exchange is there. Yes. And that's now how I measure, like, is this a way, you know, is this a transaction I want? So if someone offers me money to do something, I don't see it for the money. I see it for, well, okay, what am I giving in exchange for that? Does that feel good? And the same with, putting money out you know if I'm investing in something and what I'm getting back from that investment and that transaction feels really good and lines up with what I want it's a no-brainer yeah but when there's that gut instinct of like "Ah, I don't think this sits right I think that's where seeing money for what it is rather than for what we often see it for which is that number or that security or identity or whatever else that we tie to
1: it yeah is important definitely and actually that's something really interesting there about how you mentioned that the transaction when you are offered money Mm. because I think this is something that a lot of businesses and particularly small businesses struggle with in the sense of needing work and accepting work and feeling like you should say yes to everything yes and it's so difficult because it's so dependent on your personal circumstances and there is a degree of sometimes you do have to say yes yeah but I do believe that in most cases then asking yourself that question is really valuable because inevitably if you are not happy with that transaction if you don't feel that the exchange of energy of time and Mm -hmm. money is fair then you end up feeling resentful about doing it yeah and I've done it before I have done things and I've sat there afterwards and said I gave loads of time and effort to that and what did I get back and It makes you feel rubbish like it Mm. often if you just say no or you go back and negotiate then you'll feel better in the long term about that rather than feeling like you've almost sold out a bit and i don't want anyone to ever feel like that
0: yeah like you said it's a total balance like there's been times in my business where the transaction of getting money in maybe a way that doesn't completely line up with what i want but is worth it because of a kind of direct or imminent need that I have yeah. is worth it. And then there's been times where I'm like, actually, no, that isn't 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 worth it to me. Yeah. And I think it's, it's putting just yourself in that position of control. Yeah. Of not just feeling like money is something that happens to you. Exactly. Particularly in business. You know, when you're, I've, I mean, I've never been properly employed, but I can imagine when you're properly employed and someone's just paying you money each month, you kind of build this disassociation with your money because yeah. it's not that tangible. You don't really have an impact on it, you know, if you work super hard one month and not that hard another month, it's the same. Whereas in business, money is so tied to you. So building a relationship with it where you understand it and you feel in control of it and you understand it, I think I already said understand it, but I'll say it again because it's so important. (laughs) It's vital because you can't run a business without it and burying your head in the sand about it, hands up, that's been me for a long time, only gets you to a place where it just becomes this beast that's... Terrifying,
1: yeah, and then habits. you're trying to tame it when it's out of control. Yes, and that's when like, you have to deal with the tax man and whatnot. Yeah,
0: and you're thinking that everyone else has it sorted. Totally. Like in my head, everyone else has loads of money in their bank accounts and in their business savings. Yeah, and I'm nine times out of ten, I speak to them, they and they're in the same position as me. And I'm like, okay,
1: good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. And actually, I think that one of the difficulties, or I guess hurdles, with getting good at money when it comes to your business is Mm. that a lot of people go straight from being employed into business and like you mentioned as an employee which I have been before as well you don't really have to think about it Mm. it's it, it is what it is it just lands and you carry on doing your thing and another month later it lands again and so you don't necessarily tie it as much to your worth as you do when you're in business I think that that close correlation between what you what you do on a daily basis when you're running a business and what comes into your bank account mm. can be difficult to disassociate from and to try and manage your emotions from. And I think that the best place to start is probably with your personal situation because then once you're happy there, or at least in control there, yeah. you can then take those lessons to your business where things are actually more complicated and more challenging.
0: Yes. Yeah, because it's not a simple thing. No. Like, it's it's kind of simple to do, but what actually you're doing within that is completely different for all of us and quite hard. Yeah. Like, actually sitting down and understanding how your business should be structured in terms of money and what that should look like is a lot of work. Like I say that as someone where I've only after about three years landed on a system that works and I'm just having to change it because I'm going from sole trader to limited. So I'm ready for the fact that probably for the first six months of being limited, I'm going to be finding my feet with building this kind
1: of new way of
0: handling money
1: and just allowing that to settle. Exactly, and working out what systems work for you and Mm. what the implications are for you and also the people that you work with. And every time that something in business changes, it does have this bigger effect. So you do have to think about, okay, well, I'm going from sole trader to limited. How's that going to affect the people that I, are paying me, the people that I pay, all of the subscriptions? What do I need to think about tax-wise? What do I need to think about VAT-wise? There's all of these different elements which are don't exist in your personal finance world. So I think that it is doubly difficult if you're trying to just jump in and work out how to handle your business finances at the same time as trying to h- work out how yeah. to handle your personal finances. And I think that's
0: even harder when the two are combined. Yeah. I'm a big believer even if you're sole trader, split them apart. Yeah. Do not have your business and your current account Absolutely doing the same not. thing. Like I my bank because I'm not a limited company yet, they're all just personal bank accounts, but I've got four which are very clearly business and then yeah. I think three which are very clearly personal. And I've got a clear system of how money moves between them. And that for me was game changing because my personal relationship with money is actually very different to my business relationship with money. And that's almost something that I had to acknowledge. Yeah. Because the more that I tried to keep them connected, the harder it got to try and understand them. Yeah. Because how can you manage almost
1: two different types of money in one place? Yeah. Makes no sense. And I mean, I would... I'm going to say this. Some people might not do this. I hope people do this. Pay yourself a salary. Mm. Pay yourself a regular amount of money because if you're not doing that, it makes it so much harder to understand what is going on in your business and in your personal life because you're then just pulling bits of money from one into the other. And so you have no real picture of what you're actually earning in your business or what you're spending.
0: Yeah, that was me for a long time. And I thought, you know, I don't pay myself a big salary now. I pay myself probably about like, between 250 and 500 pounds a month because I live at home and I'm saving as much as I can. Yeah. But before I even did that, I was just pulling stuff out as and when I needed it. And I had no clarity around how much I was pulling out. So the story that I was telling myself was my business can't afford to pay me because my business technically doesn't pay me. It yeah. just pays for random things. And then when I worked out how much those random things added up to, I was like, oh, my business <laughs> is paying me. I'm just not almost paying myself and then spending it I'm just spending it directly from and that's the messy. business yeah. yeah and obviously I'm now I'm actually in the transition of going from just paying that kind of tiny amount to like a proper proper salary yeah and even now like I'm still glad that I've not paid myself a proper salary yet because the bit I've wanted to put as much as I can into the business but even now it's a tough thing to do because I've almost built a business that doesn't pay me properly yeah and I've now got to try and scale back my business spending or scale up my income to try and facilitate actually something that should be a given which is me being paid yeah so it's such a like there's no right or wrong no but I think it's understanding what's going to work for you but paying yourself something yeah I think so important
1: totally and I've equally been guilty of that before as well where you think oh well if it's if the business is buying it then it's fine it's not me buying it but it really starts to get messy and confusing so whatever it is that you can pay yourself and that will totally vary depending on what you've got to pay for Mm -hmm. then I always always recommend that people do that just set it up monthly if it has to change, because your business makes more or less one month, it has to change. But still, the same principle should apply, that you take that lump of money out, put it into your personal account, and then that is your personal money. And it yeah. that's the last the business sees of it. And you can let yourself spend it. Yeah. I think that's something
0: that I'm looking forward to once I've got a really clear separation between... The company and me, you know, I I separate the two right now. I'm not forced to, but I'm looking forward to when it's forced because I think I'll feel even more permission within my personal life just to spend money and not be like, oh, that could have been fifty pounds on a new this, yeah. Oh, that could have been five hundred pounds on a coach for a couple of sessions. Totally. Like I think the more that you can actually split those two relationships that you have with money the better definitely because almost what your business needs from you is very different to what your personal life needs from you yeah
1: in terms of that money mindset completely and i think that is one of the easiest ways that you can start to help yourself to develop that separation Mm. is by doing what you can practically and like you said you don't need to be a limited company to do that you just need a separate bank account if it makes it easier for you set up, up with a different bank It doesn't have to be that you do all of your banking with one bank. You can make it completely separate. So you literally only use one account for business and then you go and do all your normal spending in your current account. Mm -hmm. There's so many things out there now as well. So many. all these new business
0: banks that kind of make it really easy for you. Yeah. I think it's just finding what works for you.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's complicated. I think, you know, there's loads of new banks, but... A lot of people find banking still quite overwhelming Mm -hmm. and understanding what you need from a bank isn't always that straightforward. You know, do you need an overdraft? Do you need a credit card? Do you need all of these different features? And so I do understand that it's not as straightforward as like, go and pick a bank and open an account. But there's also lots of information now out there and Mm. I'm also always happy to kind of add my two pence.
0: Well, this is why this is important, right? Yeah. Because what we're not saying is, you know, I'm going to stand here and tell you the money that I make and being, you know, open around money means that we have to all show our online banking apps on our Instagram stories. Like, I may be fine doing that. Yeah. That's not what this conversation means. But I think what this conversation means is actually just that, like it's okay to talk about it in whatever way you need to.
1: Yeah, you with know, whoever you want to.
0: Yeah, asking a business friend, oh hey, like what? Are, how do you manage things? Yeah. Or chatting to someone about like, oh can I just be honest, like I always struggle to put that 20% away for tax. How do you do it? Yeah. Even just asking questions and maybe not even sharing anything about your situation makes such a difference because nine times out of ten you realize that not everyone else has it figured out anyway
1: yeah i mean most people don't have it figured (laughs) out at all and i'm one of those people but like you say things like asking okay so how much do you charge as well for certain Mm. things is super important because in self-employed land in freelancer small business world then rates are so difficult And people are not transparent about it. And I think, again, if we're going to improve the conversation, we need to start talking about what we charge. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like, just put it on your website, guys. Honestly, it's one of the most common things I see with a lot of these, I guess, a lot of the people that sell these 10 grand in 10 days, they don't tell you how much they're going to charge you to... Teach you how to earn 10 grand in 10 days. Mm-hmm. You have to go through the whole process yeah. of answering questions to actually then find out that it's probably going to cost you nine grand. Yes.
0: I honestly cannot think of a negative in talking about money and being transparent about money. No. Like when people say to me the whole like, oh, should I put my prices on my website? I, I can never, ever... I could go on and rant right now, but I've got an Instagram TV about it, so you can watch it, um, about why you should put them on there. I can never think of a negative. No, I can't. Em- empowering people with an understanding of what that money's going to look like for them just makes total sense.
1: Yeah, and it also means that you, know, you save yourself and the other person a lot of time yeah because you don't want to get into those conversations which are inevitable if you don't publish your prices of how much something's going to cost and whether someone mm-hmm. can actually pay for it yes why not yeah i'm just all it on for line. it
0: i love it I yeah love it. i feel like we've touched on so many different aspects of money and business there are so it. many we've just jumped around <laughs> yeah to all the topics i know
1: i could talk about it for days
0: i know well people can go and in- connect with you because you've got so much stuff out there in terms of content around money
1: yes and there is more and in the pipeline as you can tell I love talking about it (laughs) and I'm always happy always happy to to answer people's questions or even just point people in like the right direction because there's a lot of topics which I am by no means the expert on Mm. and so I always tell people if there's definitely somewhere they can go to get better or more in-depth information
0: yeah and if in doubt the best thing you can do is just start that conversation yeah and just say it to someone or even just say it to yourself yeah I remember for me the day that I admitted like I am bad at managing my money yeah like I spend too much money in my business on food like that was (laughs) a powerful (laughs) moment because that level of understanding and awareness just completely kickstarted a really positive shift. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the first thing, isn't it? You mentioned it, like just being honest with yourself.
1: Yeah, totally. You know, take yourself for a coffee and have that chat. Sit down, <laughs> get your bank statements out, and just be honest about it. And you know, you'll probably go through a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Money is an emotional roller coaster. We tie a lot to money. Yeah, we do. Um, but you will more than more likely than not come out of that process feeling much more confident and much more clear yes you might not find the answers that you want to which are that you're going to be a millionaire tomorrow Mm -hmm. but you'll at least have a vision for where you're going and know how to actually facilitate what you want to when it comes to money and put a plan in place
0: yeah i think being aware is a really important part i try and make it in my kind of daily routine at some point in the day just to look at my accounts yeah not Necessarily, because I'm looking for anything that's going to surprise me, but just so I'm familiar with my money. Yes. And it doesn't become this thing because it's very easy to distance yourself from oh money. Oh my gosh, like yeah. Like contactless cards, credit cards, like flip. It's so easy just to almost get on autopilot with it. Definitely. So I think the more you can kind of get in front of it, even when it's digital, like I'm never yeah. going to be one of those. My parents used to be like that, like everything was cash and in different envelopes. Yeah. I was like, just get bank accounts, <laughs> losers. Um, but even in a digital sense, like the more that you can just be familiar with it, you're not necessarily going to log in one day and there's 300 pounds that you didn't expect to be there. That's not what it's about. Yeah. But it's about just seeing it and feeling like, okay, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And because of that awareness, you then know what you
1: need to do or could do with it to change that. Exactly. And there is a high chance as well that you'll find things in there that you didn't realise that you were paying. So
0: true. I love what you put on your Instagram the other day about just checking your direct debits. Yes. I did this with Emily a few months ago and there was random crap in there. Yeah. Like, I was paying for the telegraph, don't even read the telegraph.
1: You will be so you... surprised by what, what you find in there. Yeah. Just that, get familiar with it. That freebie that you signed up for two years ago that you've been paying for for two years. Yes. Not a freebie anymore. No. And <laughs> even
0: just understanding, like, okay, I had a thousand pounds in my account yesterday. I've now got 400 in it. What changed between those? Like, even just not necessarily so that you can realize you shouldn't do any of that spending but just knowing like okay I spent two grand this month where did that all go exactly just takes money from a place where it's like oh it just went (laughs) to a place it's like no okay I feel in control
1: of it because I understand it yeah and it means that you can make better decisions next time whether it's that that Mm. two grand was well spent or whether it's that actually you could have spent a bit less and done something else with the remaining money yeah so good
0: I want to round this up with some money-themed quick fire questions. Okay, go on. Because I feel like we've just got a lot to say on money, so we're going to keep the theme. So we'll both answer the questions, but just first thing that comes to mind. Okay. So question number one, what is the most stupid thing that you've spent a large sum of money on? How much
1: was it? What was it? Oh, my gosh. Where? Well, which one? So it's probably going to have to be a handbag. Okay. And... I do have a thing for expensive handbags which has been a thing since I was a lot younger and I have one which I use daily which I think is 100% worth it Mm -hmm. but I also have another one which I spent about £500 on and it sits in its dust bag because I don't need it so that's probably the most painful one but I try not to think about it too often. Nice, nice. Don't fancy popping it on Depop. going really to keep it for one day. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll dig it out and Depop it. When you need the money. It's when good I need to, the money. It's good to know you've got an asset sat yeah. there though. That is so true. <laughs> it's serving
0: you. I've never really been a handbag person. No. No. I think I do like the, I, I get the thrill, though. Like, when I look into the fancy shops, I'm like, oh, that must be quite fun. It's fun. To go <laughs> and spend a bit of money there. I like that idea. I would say my, one of the most stupid things I've spent a lot of money on, I used to spend quite a lot of money on nights out. Okay. Just because in my first year of business, all my friends were still in their second year of A-levels. So no one really had jobs, no one had any money and I was- balling Raking it in. (laughs) Like my business then was doing all right for itself you know, caveat, it burnt me out and I hated every moment, but it made some money. Yeah. Um. So I was just always, and I don't regret it. Generosity is like a huge value of mine, but yeah, I would spend a few
1: hundreds. Oh my God. One time
0: it was in the thousands.
1: What? On just like, yeah. On paying for everyone's night out. Yeah,
0: or like we'd go for a little like weekend away nice and I would like I just I never want people to miss out no I just want everyone to be together yeah and I've (laughs) gone through a journey of realising that that doesn't have to mean that I fund everything maybe we could just do a plan that everyone can afford yeah but yeah I spent some stupid stupid money we've all been there but it was fun I enjoyed it it was fun second question putting that in a positive light what's something that you've spent maybe more money on than most people would spend on that thing like a water bottle that was 100 pounds which to you was worth it
1: yeah, so this one actually is a recurring one. Okay. But I spend the most money, so my biggest expense monthly is the gym. Okay. House caveat there. Um, but I spend £155 a month mm-hmm. on the gym that I go to. But for me, it is transformational in terms of what it does for my mental health and physical health. hmm And I've been through a lot of, I guess, ups and downs with that number and whether I can justify it. And I nearly always come out on a yes. And I have sacrificed a lot of other things to still be able to pay that because it's a gym where it's all class-based, so there is always someone coaching you and encouraging you. And it's also got quite a strong community. I love that. And it just means so much in, I guess, the day to day of my life, especially working for myself to have that structure Mm -hmm. and to go and I get up early still, even though I could lie in on (laughs) several days a week to go. I do that class. I never really want to go in the morning, but afterwards I'm always so grateful that I did it. Always worth it, right? Exactly. And so that's something that I stand by and I'm sure there are much cheaper options I could write you a list of all of them, <laughs> um, but I think it's worth it.
0: Worth it for you?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. It's refreshing to hear as well. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, how could you ever spend that much money on the gym? But it's more than that, I yeah. think. And I think a lot of people feel like this with exercise. It's not just that one hour, it's what it does to your mindset and how yes. it changes your outlook. And I've never been a runner. I can't, I hate it. <laughs> never gonna be an exercise outdoor person. So for me, finding something which really works for me that I actually want to do, yeah. go to regularly and can commit to is worth that money. It's an investment in yourself. It is, I yeah. love that.
0: Mine is quite an expensive suitcase Ooh. I bought. A bit random. You know, away suitcases.
1: I have an away yeah. suitcase.
0: <laughs> I, and it's not like crazy money, but it's a lot of money for a suitcase. And I had just always looked at them and thought, I want one. I saw people with them and I thought, you are the kind of person that I want to be. Yeah. And They are great. They are. I could do it. They need to sponsor this podcast because yeah. I freaking love them. And I remember when I was doing the course that I talked about on kind of money mindset, and manifestation something they were talking about was how the things that you surround yourself with tell you a subconscious story about money and if you surround and you know this isn't saying go and buy a 500 pound handbag and you'll be rich like that's not how it works but surrounding yourselves with things that make you feel good and feel like your best self actually make a huge difference yeah they definitely do i remember one day like my mini suitcase broke when i was in london and i do quite a lot of travel so i use it a lot i think i bought it in albania (laughs) like most like in an albanian supermarket it was like 20 pounds like wow served me well though yeah um and i remember walking past london's one and only Away away suitcase shop and i just thought let's just have a look and i just started paying myself more money into my personal savings and i think i had like I remember it so clearly because it was like such a big deal I had like £1,100 in there and I was like maybe I'll just get one And I got it. And I knew they had this like a hundred day return. So I was like, it's fine. If I just think this is the most stupid purchase ever, it's fine. Oh my gosh, within about 10 minutes of walking down the street with that bad boy, I was (laughs) a new version of myself. Amazing. When I'm rolling it along on those four wheels, when I'm plugging my phone into the top, I'm just the best version of myself.
1: You are preaching to the converted. Yes. I am a huge Away fan. And I was lucky in that I was gifted mine by a family member. Go on. Well, it, similarly, it was something i would had on my, like, vision board.
0: Yeah, because it's like a, you... It's a bit of a statement. It's like, it's, I can't remember how much mine was, but it was at least, like, £250. Yeah. Which is a lot on a suitcase. It is. But when I, every time I use it, every time I see it, which is on a weekly basis, I just think,
1: I love this suitcase. Yeah, you get so much pleasure out of it. And I'm very similar in the sense that I travel quite a lot Especially do short haul travel, yeah, and it's. <laughs> this is turning into the way out. Other suitcases are available. <laughs> <laughs> it is just perfect, and it's really durable, and it's one of those things. Like you said, it just makes me feel good. Yeah, and you know, maybe it's. Some people would say it's materialistic, but I do think that there's an element of feeling good having nice things makes you feel nice and makes you Mm. want to work harder. It makes you want want to to treat yourself. Treat yourself, exactly. I would Um, agree. And I think that sometimes when you can, treating yourself to something like a bag, a suitcase, even if it's just a nice meal out, they are really worthwhile investments in yourself. Yes, and
0: that is worth it. You know, obviously do it in a way that's affordable to you, but 100% surrounding yourself with things that, make you kind of feel like that best version of yourselves and encourage you to be that best version yeah game changing
1: definitely love
0: it third and final question one thing you wish you could tell your past self about money something that would maybe save you some money some time some aggro what would it be
1: so this one i guess is a bit serious but what i would say is to be careful because One of the reasons that I've learned a lot of what I know is also because I've made a lot of mistakes. And I got into a situation where I lent someone a lot of money, and I wasn't really in a position where I could really afford that. Mm. And I lent them a lot of money, and that money is never going to come back. And I think that what I would say to myself at the time is just be a bit more wise about it, don't treat it without thinking about it. Don't think that it's just disposable because as much as it is money moves in circles and it comes and goes, don't disregard it yeah. and treat it with a bit more respect. I like and that. Yeah, I think, you know, I can't undo what happened there and if I could go back, I would have a few thousand pounds more in my bank. But what I learned from it was that actually... You need to really know what you're doing when you make big decisions financially. Mm. You need to be informed about them. And you can't just go into it and throw money around unless you can afford to. Yes. Which not many people can.
0: (laughs) I think that's a really good one. I like that. Mine would probably be to like own it. And what I mean by that is if you don't have the money to do something, own it.
1: Yes, I love that. Don't
0: do something you can't afford just because you feel like that makes you a bad friend or that makes you boring or that makes you cheap. But also when you're spending money, own that too. Yeah. I think for so long I've felt this pressure because my parents, when I was growing up, they've always been so good about money. Like my parents do not spend money they don't have. They save very vigorously. They just are good with their money. And that for me is the definition of good with money. Whereas I'm a lot more like it flows I want to spend it. I want to enjoy my life. I, I kind of need to see the instant gratification of what I'm doing. Millennial. To keep going. Yeah. Um, which is just different to them. And yeah. for a long time, I've not owned that. I've thought that's bad. So if I was spending money, which happens a lot because of the attitude I've just said, I wouldn't own it and I wouldn't enjoy it and I wouldn't feel good about it. Like I'd feel guilty or yeah. like I had to hide it. And because of that, I'd get into bad habits because I wasn't being intentional about my spending. Yeah it was a secret so it never had any kind of boundaries around it whereas now that I've owned like my parents money story is theirs but actually that doesn't work for me like I need to have a bit more freedom I need to have a bit more fun with it that's fine but I'm gonna own that and have some boundaries within that
1: yeah and I love that I think that's so true I think owning it is as important as controlling it and understanding it because Mm. you know life is for living after all and actually spending money that you have on things that make you happy experiences people being generous that is as important as the rest of what we've talked about and yeah knowing how to make more of it
0: yeah when it comes to money you do you
1: just know what
0: doing you looks like exactly and know that you're in control of that yeah I love that. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for like having me. I could literally ask you a hundred more questions. <laughs> yeah, I know. I could literally do a TV series talking about money, but no one would watch it.
0: I think they would. It depends how you do it. <laughs> well, it's like the um, Refinery29 Money series. Like, they have just landed on yes. a genius idea there because they're talking about money in a way where we... Want to talk about it. Yeah. Because it's in the context of actually what money looks like.
1: Yeah, and it's a lot more personal and a lot more realistic, I think. I think yes. the biggest thing about money diaries, which is great is that you can really see how people mess up
0: yeah and you're like oh yeah cool i'm not the only one that does yeah. that Good i'm not that. the only person that
1: spends 20 pounds yeah. in prayer a day
0: love it you've got so much great stuff online that people can connect with if they want to kind of continue this conversation yes where can people find you i'll link it in the show
1: notes but tell Perfect. me off. i am so i'm on instagram at this girl talks money and my blog is also this girltalksmoney.com forward slash blog amazing i'm also on twitter at Girl talks money. Oh, no Yeah, where I spend a lot of time, basically just chatting about my day to day life. So you can also find me over there. I love that. And on the two other podcasts that you've done, and you, you smashed two other your Q on goal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you flipping hero. I like I've got so many things I now have to like not have to, but want to think about and do off the back of this podcast.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the thing. You know, there's so much that you need to do and can do, but just take it slow. Stay in your own lane when it comes to money. And just put one foot in front of the other, really, and move yeah. forward.
0: Let yourself make mistakes, own those mistakes. Just do what you can.
1: Yeah, because it's you not do an end goal. You.
0: It's not like a great. I'm
1: good with money now. No, you're like never going to make it to the end goal. So it's a constant journey.
0: Yeah, we're all on that journey. We are. I love that. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. We are off to. I don't know what we're off to do. I went to say Eat. that as if we've got like big plans after this. <laughs> probably about to spend 20 quid in press. so yes we are gonna
1: practice Pret. what we preach. yeah
0: love that